Well, hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Marketing Meanders with Sally and Sam, uh, talking about marketing at the coalface, in the real world, etc. And uh, we are today going to be talking about imperfect marketing campaigns. Now, this is probably an imperfect title, I would suggest. Um, I would also say, actually, we are in person, are we not? We we're, are. We're we very rarely ever meet each other. And just now, we're imperfectly talking to each other face to face. Which is very exciting because it's a good opportunity to actually be in the same space together. And, and uh, hopefully, we're, <laughs> we're coming through nicely. But poor Sally's got a bit of a cold as well. So, you know, hopefully, that's all you know. completely imperfect. Yes, exactly. So, everything is imperfect, but <laughs> we're talking about imperfect marketing campaigns. So, I kind of got onto this, I think, because I was thinking about some times when I've been working on something and either been controlling myself in a situation where I, by the politics or the timing or the resources, I can't do things where I want to do them, or I'm working on a campaign with someone else, like another partner organisation, and I can't do things the way I want to do them because there's constraints that they have in place. Not necessarily, you know, their fault, it's just the way they do things, the way I do things, or the way my team do things, and therefore it's an imperfect way of doing things because you want to do it in, you know, this style, put a style A, and they do it in style B. Yeah. So you have to work with it. But at the same time, I think we might go on to when marketing campaigns go wrong. Yes, and then we will. Diagnosing and understanding that. But yeah. do you have examples of where you've had to do an imperfect campaign? <laughs> Managing stakeholders in marketing is always very, very difficult. So you've written a beautiful marketing plan. I've got one perfectly, which and the whole marketing plan relied on I was working for a publisher, and the whole thing relied on the author of the book who had once upon a time when we started planning it been keen on doing lots of videos with people and interviews and being face-to-face and being out there. So I put the plan together around streaming him and doing all this kind of thing. We planned the whole campaign all around that. And then he said, I'm going to Barbados and can't do anything between this date and this date. And you think, oh, bother. (laughs) That's a kind of quite a key bit that's just popped out of the campaign. But you can't give up. You just have to go, okay. We're going to do this imperfectly. And then we asked him, could you write some pieces for us? Can you draw pictures? Can we wow. do something else which isn't you speaking? So he did actually write some things, but but it wasn't as powerful as him being on the screen and doing stuff because yeah. he was quite a big name and it would have been awfully helpful. But there's no good complaining and there's no good stopping. You can't just say, oh, well, because he can't do that, we're going to either have to ditch this campaign or we're going to have to delay it till whenever we can be bothered to delay it till you've actually got to say, okay, what are we going to do instead? Mm. Keep the momentum going. Cause you probably during your planning, quite a lot of momentum has happened. And actually we made quite a lot out of it because we'd actually sold this to the sales team and said to the sales team, tell all your customers that this is going to happen. Get them to look forward to this. And we thought mm-hmm, we're going to have to tell the sales team that this isn't happening. And so we actually had quite good fun with the sales team about how they could make it more exciting reading it than listening to it. So we did quite interesting campaigns about things like, you know, we did lots of things about, oh, well, if you're blind or too busy or it's dark, you might want to listen to it. That might be good. But actually, you can't come back to it. You might have lost the tape and listening it again. It might be a beat. You can't hear it properly. Your, your headphones have gone. But if you've got it, if you can read it, it's much better. So we did lots of thinking around that. So we had quite a lot of fun mm. making what could have been an absolute catastrophe be quite good fun. And it worked rather well in the end. And the author was very, very pleased, which was annoying because because he was so pleased with not having to perform. He then said, oh, I never have to perform again, do I? You think, oh, bother. <laughs> 
So it's almost like that's interesting because that's sort of forcing you to improvise with other ideas, other avenues, isn't it? Yeah, sort of exactly. it almost makes me think of that in my mind's eye when water's trying to go down a set of channels and it's it's blocks and therefore it has to find another way around, doesn't yeah. it? So you you almost because I mean I, at thinking about it, I would almost say that every marketing campaign is imperfect, of course, because yeah. you never really get to do everything you want to do exactly the way you want to do it if you go to any marketing conferences i've got a real bugbear about this at the moment but (laughs) any marketing conferences or webinars they always have the perfect campaign don't they which says so this is what we had as our objective and we did this 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 and then it all worked out but you're seeing the edited highlights of how this amazing campaign worked yeah so you feel a bit small and think oh gosh i wish i could run campaigns that were so clear cut and beautifully delivered and exceeded yeah. their expectations you by know, miles by miles and, and all the stats going in the right direction you think well that's not realistic because of course they're presenting no. it to say this is amazing but it's almost this it's the, it's the finding compromise isn't it and and what we quite often return to you know you're working with other teams and therefore you have to compromise on, yeah. on budget yep. on the time you have available on what the sales team are looking to achieve what you're looking to achieve but it's almost that I suppose if you've always got that flexibility in your planning approach in mind, then you've got and you've got experience to say, yeah. right, yeah, okay, we can't do, I don't know, the PPC element. That's just not a no yeah. go. We therefore are going to have to do this to compensate or try something else. But I think personally, an important thing is this: is sort of, um, as you say, you when you're a contributor, you're trying to come to a an agreement about how you can use them best. But then, if you either it forces you to innovate to try other stuff. But also you can do the whole thing of, well, raising caveats and saying, well, we're not going to do this, but yeah. that will mean potentially X, yes. Y, and Z. You know, exactly. So. You have to get everybody, but you have to get all your stakeholders to recognise that every compromise has ramifications for all of you. It's not, you know, just because the salespeople said, oh, no, we've got to have it on the 3rd of September because that's when we're doing the launch. Well, if the contributor can't be there on the 3rd of September, as though could just saying, oh, well, that means we can't do it. Mm, you have mm. to turn around and say, that may be just a little, one little problem, but it has ramifications all the way through your campaign, which will mean that the your sales figures are going to be wrong at the end of the month, et cetera, et cetera. You all have to change. And so it's got, everybody has got to compromise, not just marketing. And it mm. can sometimes end up, well, oh, because we can't do that, oh, marketing, fix it. Mm. Yes. Uh, and that, that's it, isn't it? Because it, it's quite easy in a way when yeah. you, again, marketing are quite visible and you go, oh, well, this isn't working. It has to be your fault. Yeah. So it, it comes back up the line, doesn't it? And you're having to go, oh, no, 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 but hang on a minute. If we set up in, in the beginning a good tracking and understanding, I yeah. mean, because that's the thing I quite find in lots of campaigns I'm working on, it's like, you know, lead generation and conversions. Yeah. And so in the past, I've had times when people have gone, well, this isn't working and it must be, it must be marketing's fault because you're the ones who are communicating the message. Why is it not working? And, and even if you said, well, we've had to make compromises and we haven't had to do it the way we wanted to because of X, Y, and Z, they can still say, pass this blame up. And you go, well, no, actually, if we've set up in the first place a good system to understand all of the gateposts or hurdles that yeah. people need to go through to get to the end goal, we can then diagnose it and say, well, no, this is where the problem is. So it wasn't the problem, actually, that we couldn't do the PPC. That doesn't matter. We're getting people through this channel and that's good. But they're not converting here because of something else. But yeah. it's it's diagnosing, isn't it? Yeah, it is diagnosing. Clear. And some of it might be without with your control. Yeah. Because there's nothing to say that it's, you should know this, but it's not impossible that halfway through your campaign, a huge competition arrives. So you're, you're, you're marketing your great um, sports car, and halfway through it, secretly, Maserati 
has just put out a new version of their absolutely top seller. And it's quite a small audience, particularly if you've got a small audience that can afford and want to buy this kind of thing. If competition suddenly appears halfway through your campaign, you could be up the doo-doo, really. That's not in your control. And you have to be able to gulp, say, oh, dear, what shall we do now? Yeah. And yes, you could turn around and just be incredibly rude about Maseratis, but that doesn't give your (laughs) brand very much kudos. No. But you have to have a way, you have to think around these things. It's all, Mm. I'm going to use a horrible cliche, but it is about thinking outside the box. You've then got to really think, we've now got to do something very other here because we've started this campaign. So people have begun to hear us. And what we can't do is either just stop because then they'll think, hang on, where have they gone? Mm. Or be rude. Yeah. So you now have got to do some big outside the box thinking that's interesting as well actually because i was thinking uh i don't know were we discussing this the other day we we said about perhaps back in the day marketing campaigns where you know you had got a direct mailer or something yeah. you, you'd already buried a lot of cost and yeah. you were doing you press the button and it mm-hmm. was going the machine was on yeah and it's very hard to stop it or turn it around and flex it absolutely whereas nowadays and i've got a live example where we're we've set up a landing page for a campaign and it's like we were saying yesterday well if this is wrong or that's not quite right or the client's not quite happy with that, we can just change it. Yeah. We just pre-can can do this and that and that, and then we can add to it and we can have multiple phases. And so there's much more flexibility these days to change tack. Completely. But it's that, as you say, again, it's sort of that that you have to have that awareness that there will be things outside of your control yeah. which will happen. So it's almost that with your planning right at the beginning again, the flexibility and the sort of, you know, <laughs> we can't do this the way we want to necessarily, or we can and everything looks you know rosy yeah and you go oh but actually no 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 that suddenly as you say something else has come up out of the blue and yeah, you go yeah. so we need to we need to flex we need to change therefore we've been forced to be yeah. imperfect but we might end up with something better the day absolutely the initial plan. you also have to remember that your audience isn't necessarily completely static mm. so you've spent some time at the beginning of one of the things you should have been done in your marketing plan is identifying the audience written all that down probably got several personas there that you're writing on messaging for but there's nothing to say that that is an absolutely static thing mm. and you might find that during the campaign that yes you all thought the actual it was all, all about margot who was very middle class and had a cockapoo and you're selling I know, some kind of dog food. And so that was your persona. But you might find that suddenly an influencer has come on screen and said, God, I tried this and it was absolutely brilliant. Mm. My dog loves it. I'm never going to use another dog food now. But this very famous person, your audience has changed because now you want to start talking to that celebrity's fan base who may well not be Margot. Mm. so you do have to keep a really close eye on your audience you can't just think oh i've cracked it now beginning all the personas are here off we go yeah yeah it's this um there's a little diagram i've been using in in some training stuff recently which is just a very simple uh swirly swirly arrow thing going clockwise of course uh which is uh learn do measure understand there's that real mantra I'm trying to get across to people. I think I was talking about, um, you know, like your own profile and, and yeah. how you put yourself forward. And But in this example, yeah, to whatever you're doing, doing the stuff and then, under, you know, measuring its effectiveness and learning about understanding why it's done what it's done, learning and then implementing changes, yeah. you know, to it. Exactly. So, so important. But, I mean, again, if you sort of, if you almost have this perception that every campaign, every single thing you do is going to be imperfect, either through... Uh, right at the beginning you're just not going to have the resources you need for it yeah. 
or you're going to accept the fact that things will change and that your hypotheses at the beginning are going to be to be used a terribly scientific thing. <laughs> I, went, I just saw my mind's eye my lab at, at school when I was I was um with your Bunsen burner with the Bunsen burner and uh yeah so seeing all of that and thinking oh my goodness that's it's just the hypotheses and yeah having to write out these things but it, that's the scientific way isn't it again that that whole thing of well let's understand why it's working why it's not working and accepting the fact that there are factors out there yeah. which some are known some are unknown which will impact upon this plan we do and I suppose you could say that for any sort of short-term campaign Yep. Or any you know long term strategy as well. So Completely. a whole twelve month or five year strategy. Yep. I mean, I, I went to a meeting the other day where so this wasn't purely marketing. This was like um, business performance was being assessed by a company, and um, all of those times I've I've been in one of those presentations where they've looked at well, this was our three year or five year plan. This is what's happened. It pretty much never ever is it relates yep. to to the, the plan with what happens, and so. But then there's the factors of why those things changed, what we what we potentially can learn from that, and how you can kind of mitigate and improvise and change. Yeah. So, so again, I think perhaps there's this sort of acceptance that when you're not always saying, "Well, we're going to say this is our plan now," but hey, it's going to completely change. It may completely change. It may change a little bit, but yeah. you you almost always have to be ready, don't you? I think yeah. to, to I mean, change. I mean, that's a really good point. The, the strategic influences, your internal strategic influence, like your marketing strategy, your sales strategy, your overall business plan. You're right. That can force marketing plans to be imperfect, mm. because if you're looking a long way ahead to, so you one of your marketing strategies is to you want to be the market leader in um, Sudan. within six years, then you are probably going to have to run some imperfect marketing strategies because at the moment you're nowhere in Sudan. Sudan Mm. doesn't even know the name of your brand. So you're going to have to run some campaigns that just don't work Mm. because nobody knows who you are, but you're dropping raindrops into the pool of Sudan, hoping that they will reverberate outwards to make you the market leader. So in a way, sometimes you have to do imperfect marketing because that's what the strategy needs. Yeah. So sometimes it's useful to actually accept that imperfection might be the right thing to do. Yeah, that's interesting. That that reminds me of of in the past when I've been looking at, you know, getting too much into budgets now, aren't we? And plan- <laughs> budgets are always important. <laughs> you know always. what I'm like. Exactly. We've got to keep the budgets to the center there. And, and I think specifically. There was a, a sort of almost an 80-20 rule I had about, you know, 80% of the budget is spent on stuff that we know we've got a high degree of confidence that it's going to work in the yeah. areas where we need it to work. And 20% is is testing yeah. or, you know, just stuff that we, some some of it will stick, some of it will fail, you know, yeah. and accepting the fact that it's going to fail um, or some of it will fail or maybe not. Maybe it's all amazing and, and yeah. you do really well. But, but it, having that set up is important, isn't it? I mean, particularly when... Who knows? I mean, the country seems to be in a recession and perhaps heading for, well, definitely heading for choppy waters, it seems. Indeed. So a number of businesses out there are probably going, oh, well, let's be careful. Let's not risk. Let's focus back on our core yeah. stuff we know works well. But of course, if you do that for too long, you end up perhaps becoming too rigid and too focused yeah. on those areas. And therefore, in the longer term, you're never trying things. You, you lose an innovative spirit. It becomes less exciting for people working there as well. That's a very good point. It gradually erodes, doesn't it? Yeah. So it also will stop working. Yes, yes. I mean, although yes, the, the combustion engine has been working for years and it really hasn't ever stopped. But marketing plans, you can't just repeat, 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 repeat. Mm. But there's a very who's the person said 
doing things twice and expecting the same results is an act of madness. I People think it's Einstein. Say Einstein. Yes, yeah. I think it's Einstein. It wasn't yeah. Einstein. But it's almost like that mm. because you can't just think, oh, we did it like that last year, we'll do it again, no problem. Mm. Yeah. Because that assumes that your marketplace never changes. And we all know that isn't true. Yeah. I mean, well, that's it again, isn't it? It comes down to, and if you know, if you're doing the, the sort of tracking and the metrics well, you you should be able to identify and say, yeah. okay, well, this is perhaps diminishing returns on this channel, or perhaps, yeah. you know, perhaps it's it's going the other way. And you're thinking, well, we don't do enough here, actually. But because we're so rigid in, no, we spend 30% of our budget on this and we spend 30% on that, and we we never do, we never do this yeah. bit here. If you do that for too long, you're probably going to end up in trouble, aren't yeah. you? So you need to have that innovative, not just a spirit, but a plan, innovative plan and yeah. usage of your budget to focus on those areas where, yeah, you can you can do more, haven't you? I mean, because otherwise, yeah, you're just going to, yeah, drown. I this think. is the one thing that means shows that agile marketing really does it matters that you mm. do it, yeah, because you need to be able to change quite quickly depending on your metrics so you, you need to a look at them all the time and b not just look at them and go oh i'll put that in a report at the end of the month look at them and think oh hang on a minute mm. need to change something here and i think that's sometimes something which bigger companies lose sight of because you have planned everything and it's all been planned and then at the end of the month you do a report and that's all fine and dandy but actually you should have done something two weeks ago not mm. now. I mean, although agile, there's a lot of, you know, you, you can be a professionally agile marketing thing, and that's quite a complicated thing to do. And I, I don't want to say it's wrong, but it's maybe not right for everybody. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm going to now say two things that are contradictory. One is you've got to think all the time and be able to change on sixpence. However, at the same time, it is always useful to do at the end of the campaign, when the campaign is in, do a report about it. This is what we learned. This is what we changed. This is how much money we wasted. Yes, yeah. I, I just don't believe people that say we didn't spend, waste a single penny of time or energy or money in our marketing campaigns. That's just not true. Yeah. But write it down and learn from it and actually share that report. So make sure that not just your boss knows what the result of the campaign, but share it with your other team members because they're probably doing exactly the same thing. And maybe it would be useful for them to see how your last campaign went. Yeah. So, and because then they don't say, oh yes, it was a disaster or, but they will then learn from your imperfections. Yeah. I, I think that's a fantastic top tip. I should have like a yes. ding, 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 bell ringer. And I think something you, you may have said previously, but it's so important, the whole so we did this, and perhaps, yes, it was what we would class as an imperfect campaign or a perfect campaign, whatever, you know, worked really well, what didn't work well, whatever happened, what could we see there? Why did yeah. it perform well? Why did it not perform well? And then what is it that we can then go, okay, well, yeah, this is what we can learn from in the yeah. future. Again, it's that circle, isn't it? That's exactly um, right. And while it's useful doing things in an agile manner whilst you're doing it, so doing changing everything every five seconds, yeah. at the same time, sometimes you need to take a little bit of a step back from the campaign when it's finished, take a deep breath, Think, okay, now I'm going to write down what how that campaign went. Yeah. Because you need to not be in, inside it mm. to judge it. It's almost like I think maybe people almost need like your famous one page of marketing plan, yes. uh, which I've made use of many a time and, and still doing to this very day. It's almost a sort of uh what is a debrief one yeah. page or something, isn't uh-huh. it? With yeah, like a set right. of four or five questions yep. and say. So yeah, did what did it stick to budget? Did it deliver on goals? Da-dum, da-dum. Yeah. Those kind of things. And and even the sort of what I would term the soft kind of stuff around the outside, mm-hmm. which is more about how well 
were you able to implement this within the team or other teams? You yeah. know, because like picking up the comms thing, saying, well, Absolutely. this went really well, but it could have gone even better had we spoken to these people two weeks yeah. earlier. And it's usually the case yep. with all these things that people have not been informed of what your plan was earlier yep. or they didn't really understand what you were trying to achieve or vice versa. And so it's usually those kind of human uh, factors, aren't there, that go people, down. People often forget that it's very, very easy not to put into your marketing plan internal comms. Yeah. It's usually the thing that nobody ever thinks about until sales come in and go, you're doing what? Yeah. Why, why has this gone out? Yeah. And, and then, then you think, oh, <laughs> why did I do that? Yeah. Why did I not do that? Well, why didn't I tell them? Yeah. And, and again, because that, that's <laughs> what we always come back to is, or regularly come back to, is that, is that people not understanding yeah. what was you were trying to achieve. The, the communications are broken down, basically. Yeah. So you think, well, there's so many things we can learn from a, from a practical standpoint. And, you know, or, I don't know, we use this video editing software to achieve this and it was done in-house, but it took twice as long. Yeah. And the opportunity cost of, you know, so-and-so, the marketing exec working on it was wasted. So we could invest the budget on, you know, this external guy's doing it in half the time. Yeah. And also me as the project manager did not include an earlier phase you know these guys to sign off on yeah this stuff which they have to sign off on and so on and so on and so forth so you could have i don't want to make it complicated it's i think it is just a one page sort of debrief mm-hmm. isn't it like yep. campaign debrief but a sort of a, a practical debrief guide isn't mm-hmm. it to then say yeah. right well yeah these are the reasons why if you start with the idea that all campaigns are imper- imperfect yeah and then you say well these are the reasons why it went wrong but these are things we can improve on in the future and i think you almost have to accept that it's very rarely going to be the case that you'll come to that debrief and say, yep, tick, 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 tick. It was all absolutely fine, wasn't it? But if you look back on that as a manager or as a a, a marketing um, director, if you do that with multiple marketing teams, that's a great way of uh, assessing your performance. um, Absolutely brilliant way of assessing work. Yeah, and helping your teams work with each other. Not It breaks down quite a lot of silos. Mm. If you actually do a debrief and say, this is what happened, this, this is what we thought was useful, and you might want to actually go to operations and say, um, can we have a quick rethink about the last six months' worth of campaigns? Mm. What worked, what didn't work, what was ha- were you happy with? Because then you're never going to be perfect, but as you said, it'll, you'll become increasingly less perfect. Yes. In fact, you shouldn't be perfect because that would make life so dull. Can you imagine if you just then had a template of the perfect campaign? Yeah. Just do this all the time. Just roll this out and it will happen. Although some would argue about the whole kind of we're heading towards this AI and robots kind of doing it. I'm not going to go into my hobby horse about that, I think. But even then, in, in, in any scenario, as we always say, the fact that this always ultimately comes down to yeah. a human being making a decision to do something somewhere yep. uh, for a, on behalf of another human being, that will always have those, those lessons to learn within it. But, I mean, I'm sure there are, you know, there are teams who will have some sort of, you know, mechanisms for debriefing and things. But perhaps, you know, sometimes when that's a meeting and perhaps you you, you have a bit of a talking shop, you don't really take away lessons. But if you had a, a form which is like set of questions to get these things out of everyone involved and then have like three things we can do in the future mm-hmm. and and two maybe do this again, do that again, yeah. don't do do this bit differently again, you know. So It's so, also really, really important that it doesn't become a blame shop. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because actually yeah, yeah, any yeah. campaign that fails, unless it's a blind, someone's done something stupendously wrong, then it is actually, you can point a finger. Mm-hmm. But by and large, campaigns fail or don't succeed as well as they should because everything hasn't quite gone right. 
Yeah. Everything's been a bit, all the communications have been a bit fuzzy rather than black and white wrong. Mm. Yeah, uh, Everything's been a bit late or a bit early or the website's almost, the landing paper's almost right, but not quite. And there's no blame there. It's because people don't have time. They don't have energy. The right person... It's also some of it's subjective. Mm. The fact mm. that you didn't like it, marketing director, doesn't mean that it was wrong. Yeah. And you do have to beware against that. I don't like it. It's not right. Yeah. It's a dangerous thing to say. Thanks very much, everyone, for listening. That's the end of part one of our Imperfect Marketing Campaigns episode. And we hope you found it useful. Uh, in part two, we'll be going into even more details and hopefully some useful tips about diagnosing why campaigns go wrong and things you can do to help learn from imperfect marketing campaigns out there. So uh, come back next time. Bye for now.